Talofalava. You're listening to a core education Tatai Ahoro podcast. Talofalava, Nisa Pula, Kiorana, Maloilele, Mauri, No Ia, Maloni, Kiakoto Katoa. My name is Lena Tuiluma. And I have the pleasure of introducing Kelsey Flynn from Rolleston College in Ototahi. Welcome, Kelsey. Thank you for joining me today. And with that, could you please introduce your beautiful self to our amazing audience? Iorana, thank you very much for having me. My name is Kelsey Flynn and I am a secondary teacher in Christchurch. So a bit of background is I'm initially from the States, born in LA, but moved to New Zealand when I was three. So I do consider myself a Kiwi. I am part Tahitian and I'm very, very proud of my Tahitian heritage. So that's kind of where I kind of like papa to and come from. I have been teaching for nine years now and my current school is the fifth school that I've taught at. So I've taught both in New Zealand and overseas. And I teach senior classics, history, do social studies. And in my current role, I'm the unofficial kind of Dean of Māori and Pacifica students, as well as being the teacher in charge of the Polyfest group and the Pride group. What an experience and what history you have, yeah? So just thinking about when you came over from the States, what was your experience as a learner of Tahitian descent in Aotearoa? Well, initially, I would say that it would just be the same as everyone else, which sounds a bit strange. My mum moved us here because she actually got a job working at the university. But when I was in primary school and both of the high schools I went to, I was one of maybe four or five students who identified as either Māori or Pacifica. And back then, there wasn't a lot of stuff around helping Pacific or Māori students specifically and adapting curriculum to them. I know that, you know, for Waitangi Day in primary school, we learnt a little bit about the treaty. We did that as like a course in high school, but unless you specifically opted into New Zealand history, you didn't really learn anything really about Māori history in New Zealand, and there definitely wasn't anything about Pacific history. I think maybe the closest it got was if you were learning about World War II or Vietnam, and they mentioned fighting that happened in the Pacific. Other than that, there was nothing to do with Pacific education or Pacific kind of led activities or knowledge. Well, thanks for sharing your experiences as a student. So can I ask, is this the reason why you got into education to probably implement some Pacific resources or knowledge in the curriculum and in your classroom? Actually, no. It's just kind of that's what it's turned into. I initially got into teaching because in high school, and I remember very clearly it was my year 9 and 10 English teacher, Miss West, at Rangiruru girls school made me fall in love with teaching she was everything you would think a good teacher was she was direct she was fair she did care about all of her students and she did really create a culture of caring in the class that made me kind of want to get into teaching and then it was my senior teachers for history and classics that made me fall in love with those subjects it wasn't until I went to Teachers College 
and was doing courses around, you know, Māori education, because thankfully that sort of stuff was finally coming in, that hearing some of the lecturers say things that are just common knowledge, that, you know, not everyone learns the same, and just sitting there thinking, well, duh, why did we not know this earlier? Why did it take 40 years of research for this to come to the forefront? That kind of first got me almost annoyed at the fact that it had taken so long. And then that first year of me teaching in 2014, seeing Tapasa for the first time, and it was just given to us during a PD, being here, have a read of this, and then it wasn't mentioned again. That was something else that kind of shocked me that if this is what a lot of our students need, why are we not spending more time on it? Then I taught overseas for a couple of years, came back and taught up in Auckland, in rural South Auckland technically, but it was still South Auckland where a third of our role were Māori Pacifica and where there were still teachers who were not catering to students who had different needs, whether that was culturally or academically. And that is what really got me into making sure that I was advocating for my students who are both Māori and Pacific. And then when I came back down to Christchurch, I felt the need for it even more because compared to Auckland, South Island is very whitewashed and very white walls, as Anne Milne would say in a lot of her research. So I wanted to make sure that any student in my space, regardless of if we had beautiful decorations on the wall or whether it was, you know, glass walls or no walls at all, that they felt that they were seen and heard and that I really cared for them as a student and their culture before I started to teach them whatever I was teaching them. Mm, which is really important, understanding where you come from and what you can offer. So in terms of visually appearing in the school, are you finding that you're seeing this in the curriculum or in your strategic planning or vision for the school? Yes, our school has actually been doing some really amazing things. And because it is such a young school, we were able to implement a lot of the new curriculum and the new like New Zealand histories and all of that sort of stuff very early on. And with that, as a junior social studies teacher, at least two of our main topics each year for 9 and 10 are specifically focused around New Zealand history and Pacific history and knowledge. And even if we don't have lessons that are directly linked to that sort of thing, we try to bring information in. So, for example, next term for our year 10s, our theme is called disruption, where we look at governments and different types of leadership and how people take control. So instead of looking at the monarchy and just focusing on the monarchy that's in England, we're going to be looking at the monarchy in Tonga and the monarchy that was in Hawaii and Tahiti and how that actually helped kind of give the idea of the monarchy and the kingitanga in New Zealand. So we're making a lot more connections and making it flow and feel that it's not just random or one-off because I feel that is one thing that some schools kind of, but some curriculum is still doing where it's not seamlessly flowing in just yet. So it does still feel a little bit tokenistic. And that is something that we really want to step away from because students can tell. They know when you're having a bad day and you're faking it. They know when something is just a one-off or you're being token. So trying to make sure that it is seamless, that it is just regular practice means that not only is it more authentic, 
but the students will take it on board a lot more than just it being something random that they know every year you're going to look at it for a week and then move on. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I'm so excited for your topic, especially around the government aspect and political science opportunities that your kids could learn, especially with the Pacific, because it's also global education that you're exposing them to as well. Yeah. So thinking about Te Mataia Hall and the refreshed curriculum, Aotearoa New Zealand histories, I know you've mentioned a few examples. What are the real positives or the gems that you're finding with your school at the moment? I'm finding the real gems are, to be honest, some of the teachers who are leading this. Our teacher who is in kind of leading the um, Aotearoa New Zealand histories, in her own words, is a complete geek for it. So she is so passionate about it that everything she does is not only trying to push that forward, but again, making it authentic, making it fun for the students. And with her kind of love for and joy, when she's explaining something, it's making me more excited to teach it. And it's making so many more links that we haven't done in the past. So for history, I know a lot of times we do a event around the world and it's just been, oh, we could do Parihaka or maybe we do this bit or this bit. But this year, I think we gave the students nine options to choose from and only two of them were not either New Zealand or Pacific based. So they could still pick something else that really interested them, but we're trying to put it at the forefront of, yes, it's amazing and great to learn about world history and learn about world politics. But until you understand politics in New Zealand, until you understand New Zealand history and Pacific history and why people came here and how they were treated, it's a lot harder to go from the outside looking in than it is from starting small and then branching out. So I think that would be one of the biggest things is just more topics that the students have never been introduced to before that they're really enjoying and seeing them light up when they're researching or telling me, oh, Miss, I found this out. Isn't this so cool? And I think that's one of the best things is that they're enjoying it as much as we're enjoying teaching it. Awesome to hear that. And also, um, I wanted to learn and listen more about how localised curriculum has been implemented. There's lots of opportunities that you've just presented to us. So are there any other chances for the Pacifica kids to understand and co-create some localised learning experiences? I know that for some subjects they are able to. We have a wonderful art department is trying to do more with getting in local artists, whether that be, you know, like Pakeha, Māori, Pacific, to then teach students like traditional ways of doing things or new ways to be looking at art from different mediums. I know that with some of our senior subjects with like law and psychology, they have been getting in people who are currently learning it at university or people who have taught it in the past and who are you know, in their field as judges and lawyers and they're making an effort to make it that they have people from different ethnicities, backgrounds, genders, so that the students can see themselves in what is happening in the world. I think the focus specifically at the moment for the school is really trying to tie more into the like Hokkaido schema and the New Zealand histories curriculum around Tao Māori. And I know that Māori teacher and the Ako have been doing really great links and making really good connections with the local marae. And I feel with the school being so new, they're really trying to like 
stabilize that foundation first so then that it's a really good stepping stone and platform for Pacific education and that sort of stuff going forward. So it's not fully in the forefront as if, you know, there's not, not too sure how to word this. It is still happening, but I feel like yeah, Te Ao Māori is kind of at the forefront first. However, there is a really, really high chance that we will be teaching Pacific Studies next year for the first time, which would be amazing. So there are lots of smaller opportunities for the students to be able to see themselves, and that will only increase as the years go on. That's awesome. Knowing that the opportunity for Pacific Studies could be an option is great, considering the amount of Pacific families that are moving into your area. So being able to engage them in that way and making them seen in the school is a positive and great thing to hear. So thank you for your mahi in that space. And before we finish, are there any last thoughts that you have around the Refresh curriculum or Aotearoa New Zealand histories and Pacific? I think just one of the last kind of ideas I have, which is something that wonderful wahine that we both know said to me last year that I haven't been able to get out of my mind is that for schools it's kind of their responsibility to be culturally responsive and to pick PD and to make sure that you know the New Zealand curriculum and the new New Zealand histories is being pushed forward that Pacific students and Maori students are being heard so that's their role. And then as teachers, it's our role to take that information and then make it into something that is fun and engaging, but also in a way where our students and our classes feel culturally safe. Because it is one thing to teach it, but another thing to actually live by it and to make sure that you are doing little things every day that the students recognize and notice and they can walk into your room and know that as a teacher, you care for them and you care about their culture and the knowledge that they hold around their culture rather than it just being, oh, we're doing Treaty of Waitangi or we're doing Dawn Raid. So, of course, Miss or Sir is talking to me about stuff. It's making sure that it is that consistency. So I think what is happening now is an amazing step forward and I'm really excited to just see that it's going to continue because it has been a long time coming and I'm just very, very happy that it is happening now and that it's just going to get better. Tōwha soifua. You've been listening to a Co-Education Tātai Ahorau podcast.